Back together again, eh? Yeah. Let's play. McElroy lets you down again? As tilting as PGA DFS can be, it sure was a fun Sunday at the Genesis Invitational, but that is in the past. It's over. Or is it? This week, PGA invites us to the WGC Mexico Championship, where for the second week in a row, premium golfers will be plentiful. Oiga, señor. We are federales, you know, the mountain police. If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, UK. Hello, Australia. Shall I keep going? Hello, Germany. And welcome to the show, Netherlands. Cutline prestige worldwide and as the cut line continues to give solid lineups winning lineups congrats on the weekend to richard clark who pulled in plenty of profits thanks to us but excellent work to the rest of you please 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 do a cut line a favor and leave us five stars on itunes plenty plenty of love on soundcloud or spotify whatever means you listen to this show please give us some love deck and i give this show our heart, our soul, everything we can, week in and week out, just so you guys get some money. Big shout out to Cody Harvey, who was the winner of the month-long subscription to Fanshare Sports. Thanks for tweeting us out there, Cody. Cody, we've reached out to you via Twitter with instructions to claim your price, so if you haven't done so, what are you waiting for? Do it. I'm Michael Cavalunis at Lunis. Lunis, you hear that? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this. All right, ready? It's like Joe just Thomas, dude. I don't know how to freaking pronounce it. Ja Lunis, <laughs> Lunis, Josh Thomas. It's Lunis, man. Busting me up on Twitter. <laughs> Might be the best butchering of my moniker that I've ever heard. I kid. I joke. I joke. I kid. I joke. Josh, I love the work that you do for DFS and for everyone looking to cash big in PGA DFS. Make sure you listen to Josh's Thomas's preview. But if you haven't noticed, I've been quite active on Twitter, so make sure you guys give me a follow if you aren't already. And as was as many of you are aware, the showdown content that I'm putting out there, woo! Fire. Fuego. Straight fire. Fuego. Gonna look to continue with that information this weekend. Now, as often as my name gets butchered, the next one I mention is one you can't and shall never forget. Never. He came, he saw, he kicked the 6K range's ass, the lineup slayer himself. The 6K, I pick him, you play him, you win him. Mad Money Manafort, my Ty Manafort, 
Zero Iron Zach at EaglesFan83 on Twitter. Hide your eyes at the beach is Zach. Make sure to let it all hang out. Mm. Lives in Hangover Purgatory, Mr. <laughs> Karuna himself, Zach Manafort. Hello, Zach. Hey, what is happening? It's a new week, and we're back to a no cut event. So, boo. I, compl- I, 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 I completely agree. I am not the biggest fan of the no cut event. I will be heavy on showdowns this week. More than I am on, more than I am on my main main lineup, but that's okay. That's okay, right? We we can still win. It's all right. Yeah, you can win four days in a row. More money for us, right? So that's, let's go right into okay. it. Go go to that good to the bad, the ugly from the Genesis. The good being the plays that you know we loved, we nailed. The bad being plays that we'd want to change, whether we had more ownership, less ownership, more leverage here or there. And of course, our ugly just way off. God <clears throat> damn it! I wish I could redo that. Start with our good, man. Yeah, let's do it. Who you got? I'll, I'll let you go first. Who's your good? My good? Yeah. I, I nailed the can't do it, man. Brooke, uh, Brooks fade, right? Coke rack Yeah, fade. absolutely. Um, whew, Coke. And uh, Hello. and Sergio fade, man. I mean, need I keep going? Ortiz makes the cut. DJ, you know, played awesome, made the top 10. Rory made the top 10. Love it, dude. A, a lot of calls were pinpoint. I mean, Rory didn't pan out on Sunday. It would have made me a lot of money. I ended up just doubling up, which is not a big deal. But, you know, I thought it was a solid just call for the slate. Yeah, I think I think all your all those plays worked out good for you. Excellent. On the other hand, my goods worked out extremely well. I completely faded JT. As I said, I was not having any interest in, and that was fun to see him crash and burn. And then both my guarantees or made it through the cut line. And if you happen to be one of those that rostered Sung Kang like me, you got a T2 out of it. You can't get, you can't ask for any more from a guy in 6Ks to hit in the top five. So I'll take that all day long. I also like to have one call for a bounce back spot. Didn't do too great, but I mean, finished right where I thought he would. And then the DJ train that I was all on, he's back. Yeah, he had a rough, kind of a rough start and a rough finish, but it's he's only a matter of time before he strings it all together and he's still finished in top 10. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. What what was your bad? Uh, Sanjay, I think at some point I just got to stop auto playing him, and I think I think I'm almost there. Uh, he wasn't really a good fit in my model, and I just played him because I play him every week. And I think it might might be time to reconsider that strategy. Yeah, we'll talk about Sanjay when when we get to that range. But my bad was not enough exposure to Kucher, Adam Scott, and Sun Kang, like you aforementioned. Um, I had all three in a variety of lineups, and it helped tremendously, especially Mr. Kang. But um, I only had, of my 20 max, for example, three with Kucher. And with Adam Scott, I think I only had two. So um, I didn't put them as core plays necessarily, so I wish I had more exposure to those guys. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Simply said, though, we go to my ugly. That's JT. Um, I wasn't necessarily overweight on him compared to the field. But he he's just he was just off and awful all weekend, and everyone thought he would turn it around on Friday, and he never did. So interesting to see how he plays this week. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence on him too this week. I'm not sure exactly what I'm gonna do yet. So you're ugly. My ugly would have to be the combo of Finau and Rose. I mean, they basically finished the same, and they both looked terrible. Finau just playing 
72, 71, 71, 72. That ain't going to do it for a 51st place for what you were paying for him. And then Rose, who I thought was going to come into this event and really do well, just, I don't know what happened. He looked good on Thursday and Friday, 69, okay, I'll take it. But then a 74 and a 75, I just, man, that was just ugly. It just did not look at all like I thought it would. When, so, when they move, that was a bad When one. they moved those pins in round three and round four, yeah, I was like, good luck. I yeah, mean, have fun with that. They struggled, man. There were people who just couldn't handle it. it. It was fun to watch. It really was. Sunday was probably the best golf we had seen so far of the 2020 year. Yeah, it was. I mean, it definitely was the event we thought it was going to be. A couple, a couple good. The, uh, I can't even talk today. Thursday and Friday were great scoring days, and then it, that's what I like to see. I like to change it up, man. I like to see guys struggle and have to not, not just be kind of muscle memory. Put them in hard spots and make them make them shoot. Yeah. I totally agree. All right, we're going to move on. So the cut line is here to bring you in-depth analysis of the WGC Mexico Championship. We're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They are funny guys. Just kill one of them. To make sure that you are cashing big on Sunday. In addition, we'll bring in timely wax, greenside, satin traps, and a putt that might drop in through your back door. Your back door. Mine? Ooh. And the goal of the cut line is to make sure you're creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass, taking names, and scoring big with everyone's favorite, favorite, favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. Which is going to be very easy this week, being that there is no... Cut line? That's right. And no... Cut line? At WGC events. None. But Zach, it's Wednesday night lineups lock on Thursday. What are you going to be doing? I will be in the Gulf of Tampa enjoying the midnight swimming with whatever is down below. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's ooh, <laughs> chills up the spine. I cannot wait. I'm excited. What if it's one of those like, aren't those blue octopus poisonous to touch? I'll find out and I'll let you know. Well, if I don't let you know, then yes. Well, as dangerous <laughs> as that sounds, nothing is more dangerous than not being a part of fan share sports. You need leverage. I know I'm going to be checking out fan share sports, even with my own personal ownership projections. I know that a second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, fan, share, sports. So if you're not subscribed, there's an easy fix here, boys and girls. Go to fansharesports.com, input the word cutline in the discount option, and you'll receive 20% off your membership. Ownership is a leverage. Leverage, not to, leverage. Be, not to be belittled. Of course, we want to give a shout-out to PGA and Fantasy National. You want to build stronger lineups? Both Zach and my process start with these two sources and give us a huge leg up when compared to the rest of the industry. Your lineup's in the gutter. It's probably because you're not using PGA or Fantasy National. Your lineups are ending up on the wrong end of the flagstick, so I ask you, how are your lineups doing? So Mexico is the place to be this weekend as the golfers will take on the challenges at Club de Golf Chapultepec in Mexico City. 
This is a no-cut event, and picking the right players is a premium. This weekend, the greens will be a challenge again, as Poe makes putting as challenging as ever. And now the course will play as, won't play as rough as Riviera, but it still will have its ups and downs. We only have three years of data here, but more importantly, we have the legend to break down this course. Zach, what are the golfers looking at this weekend? Heyo, WCGC Mexico. So about 10 miles northwest of Mexico City this week, and we are at a par 71 that's about 7,435 yards, but it also plays at an elevation of just under 7,400 feet, which makes the ball fly almost 9% further than a course at sea level and effectively shrinks the course by a thousand yard, over a thousand yards. So that'll be fun, especially guys who can hit the ball long. It should be, it should be interesting to watch. So it's really not a challenging course. It ranks 17th out of 49 last year, which plays at about a half stroke under par. It's a flat tree line course, has a small Poa greens that are, some of them are two tiered. So we'll see some interesting approaches and maybe some difficult putts. Uh, but I think guys dial it in here pretty good. And, and I don't think putting will be as huge of an issue uh, as it has been in a couple of weeks past. Uh, the winds, you know, I, I thought maybe we'd get some luck. We've been kind of getting getting over easy on the weather here where it's been like, okay, it's great, move on. Uh, I think we're in the same situation this week. It's still kind of early, but, you know, just looking at the weather through Thursday and Friday, it looks like the winds are going to stay the same. There, it's a small advantage right now it looks like on thursday morning the winds are pretty low um with about you know one to five miles an hour and then they pick up between nine and 12 in the afternoon and then they stay that way all through friday so there might be an advantage to the, the thursday morning wave but i think by the time we see these guys tee off that it's pretty consistent across the board so something to keep an eye on um but i don't think it's any issue the weather's supposed to be nice fluctuate between the 50s and the 70s depending on the day uh, so all in all, I think we've got a pretty good, easy weekend for golf. Guys are just going to come out. It's a no-cut event, so, you know, what can you do? You're going to have 6-6 six of six unless someone gets the shits or the coronavirus, so we'll see what happens. Uh, for me, key stats I'm looking at this week is really just looking at what's been successful in the past year and the three years we have. And For me, that stroke gain approach. Stroke gain, ball striking, GIR's gain, strokes gain, tee to green, scrambling and then driving distance nothing fancy uh, i'm taking uh, all those combined uh, over the last 50 i'm also looking at their performances on par 71s uh, and then combining all those with par 71 and poa courses over their last five, 50 or 100 rounds and shaking the ball and seeing what comes out and hopefully having a good weekend sounds wonderful it can't be can't be can't beat it I'm looking at some similar stats. I got driving distance, birdie or better, greens and regulation gained, but I'm also adding DraftKings scoring. Uh, just because of the fact that this is a no-cut event, I want the guys who are just going to dominate DraftKings scoring. I'm not really concerned about place as much as I am birdies, eagles, birdies, double eagles, hole-in-ones, all those scoring stats. And, of course, strokes mm. gain approach and strokes gained T to green. That's what, I like it. That's what I'm looking at. I like it. It's a pretty simple week, I think. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm not getting, don't get fancy this week. There's no reason to. So this takes us to our one putt, two putt, three putt, birdie or better segment, where Zach and I will break down each tier, pricing tier, DraftKings golfers. It's a fun one, man. We're gonna start it's at gonna the, we're good. gonna start at the 11k and go down to the 6k because there is no cut this week. So. 
let's go to that 11 to 10k range i'll kick it off for us i am going back to the well i'm going back to rory mcelroy okay first of all my aggregate model ranks number three in my weighted fx model ranks number one of course we saw him fall apart last weekend i have no doubt about that his putting rank in the last eight rounds he ranks 54th in the field but in approach he ranks fourth overall in the last eighth rounds in the last 100 rounds he ranks fourth overall he's just been consistent being the number one golfer in the world i'm going to play that i think a lot of people got burned by rory last week and they're just gonna have the tendency to go down to dustin johnson and potentially they want the 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 rewind with justin thomas i'm not sure but 11-5 i'm taking rory mcelroy and his solid history here with a 2019 second place finish and a 2017 seventh place finish with an average finish of fifth place. And let us not forget that his two of two events in 2020 has led to an average finish of fourth place. Top five, Rory McIlroy, 11,500. I will take it. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, it's hard to argue with the guys up here. They're all phenomenal. I'm going a different route this week, and I'm going to stick with working with me. And it's one guy in this range, and, and I will I will patiently wait my turn. Uh, I understand. All right, the last the last guy I'm going to mention is Johnny Rahm. Johnny Rahm of the four, the big four, big five here, saw the lowest ownership. I anticipate that to happen again with being how well Decky played last weekend. Um, and he was just on fire last weekend with everything except putting. It was insane if you look back at the stats. He lost almost four strokes putting and, and was just ridiculous ridiculous last weekend anyways going back to johnny rom johnny rom weighs ranks ninth overall in my model but the thing i like about it is just that other than last weekend at the genesis where he had a top 20 finish he's finished in the top 10 he's been he's been looking great the only thing he's missing is that that closer attitude okay in the last 100 rounds ranks seventh in the field in my fairways and greens model in the last 100 rounds, ranks 22nd in my approach model. And we have honestly seen some elite putting from John Rahm in the last 24 rounds. Ranks 9th in the field. He's putting it all together, man. He's due for a win. Johnny Rahm's my pick. I don't hate it. I just don't. I worry that he just hasn't been really good here. Course history is not something that is really sustainable, even though we've been here for three rounds. And how could you call third place in 2017 not good? Well, I think that if you look, he's been getting worse. Third, 20th, and 45th. It's too much to pay for a guy with that kind of... I mean, you look at all the other guys' finishes in three years here, and none of them finished outside the top 10 in three years. Fair enough if you're going to you know compare apples to apples, but... Um, I am. All the apples. All the apples. All the apples. All the apples. I, I just... there. Even though we've only been here for three tournaments, there's not a huge correlation to... to course history and how predictive it is like when you compare it to like last weekend sure or, or oh yeah you look at yeah. bay hill or when you look at you know augusta it, it, it's just not going to correlate that well to where a guy who finished in you know 37th a few years can't finish top five it's a wgc event so i'm going to be open-minded to that fine be that one i will who you got? You got anybody in this range, or are you fading this whole yeah, range again? Just, just one. I, I'm sticking with DJ. That's all I want. He's won here twice. He had a seventh in 2018. He looks like the old form DJ. Tenth last week. Okay, 32nd week before, and then he has a second and a seventh. So I mean, I don't think he's trying to get that many good finishes 
all of last year. I think he's back. I think he's still figuring some things out. There's no risk of getting cut. It's of course where he's, he knows and plays well. He's ranks the top 10 in all of my stat models that I'm waiting heavily. His worst one being uh, scrambling where he comes in eighth and he ranks number one in my model. If he's ranking number one and he's second in tier pricing, I'm just going to play him. I don't care. There's so many guys in the 6K that I think are underpriced or mispriced that it's easy to throw DJ in pretty much every lineup and just move on. So that that's the route I'm going. I am not picking anybody else here. I'm just sticking with DJ. Are you going all in on Dustin Johnson? Yep. I, in, in the lineups that I have a guy in this range, it is only Dustin Johnson. Yes. I will have a few without anybody in this range, but if I do, it's DJ. At what point does ownership change your mind? None. You're just going for that DraftKings scoring? Mm-hmm. There's no cut. I mean, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I just I just figure if you're going to go with the, the, the premise of historical finishes, there are arguments to be made for some other golfers in this top range. Oh, I don't disagree with you. I'm just I'm taking an approach that's worked for me in the last couple of weeks, and I will, I will easily find guys to set my ownership apart in, in like the sevens and six Ks. All right, so we need some clarity here. What are we going to do with Deki Matsuyama? He is in that range where you and I both hate playing him, but this is a WGC event. Do we break that rule? Nope, he can't win. What's about scoring? If he finishes in third, he could lead in DraftKings scoring. No, he's not He's not leading in DraftKings scoring. I'm sorry, it ain't, it ain't happening this week. He he might do well, but I, I don't think I don't think he cracks the top five. I'm totally honest with you. I don't see it I, consistently. Okay, he played. He got fifth last week. He was dialed in, but he hasn't been that good this year. All right, just word to the wise: in the last hundred rounds, Matsuyama ranks sixth in the field in DraftKings scoring. He ranks behind Rory, Scott, Rom, JT, oh. and Webby. All right. One thing that he always struggles with is the putter, and we could see that again. They're on putter Poa again. He lost. Oh my God, he was so bad last week in a putting. I know. I, I just, just, I don't, I can't see him inside the top five in scoring, and I can't see him winning, so I can't see a way to play him. Yeah, I think there's some validity in that statement. You're gonna have four rounds of Decky of bad putting on Poa, and everyone's gonna have four rounds and, and take their shots. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think we're on the same page with Decky. We do, we just can't do it. Nope. Uh, all right, let's go down to the nine gain rage, man. Why, why don't you kick it off? Oh, the nine. I don't. Man, this is another one that I just don't like at all. The nine gain range this week, but you know, I'll throw. I'll have. I have to have some guys in here, and I think I'm still on the fence on this one. But I, I really like the way Tommy Fleetwood is looking to me. Uh, he hasn't played a ton this year, but you know, he's done pretty well. He's he got here. He got second here back in 2017, and he has two other top 20 finishes. Um, the other times he's been here. Yeah, I know, of course, this year doesn't play well. But if you look over his last 36 rounds, uh, you know, on these par 71 courses, he ranks 25th overall, which isn't great. Um, but he's 11th in driving distance and 5th in scrambling uh, and 20th in strokes game to degree. I think, you know, based on his history, based on the fact that we know that Tommy's a good golfer, um, the fact that he's his best putting surface is Poa uh, may play to his advantage. So I'm going to go... I still don't feel comfortable saying it, but I, I do like Fleetwood here as like one of my two plays in the 9K range. Well, the the last time uh, Fleetwood competed was at the Dubai Desert Classic where he finished tied for 11th. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so he he seems to be in decent form. Before that, he was tied for second at the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. So he seems yeah. to be doing well overseas at the moment. I just I, I have a hard time comparing those fields to an event like this. Fair enough. Is I, I get it. The course history is appealing for Tommy Fleetwood. Plus, it's Tommy Fleetwood, right? I mean, he's bound to win some point. No, I know. I, I don't know. I think he won't, I, I think he'll be lower owned of most of the guys in this range. So that's kind of where I'm. I'm trying to find ways to to bounce off of DJ's ownership a little bit. Well, the last time we did see Fleetwood on a PGA event, the WGC HSBC in November, <laughs> and wow, did he suck balls! Yeah, it did not go well. So um, there there is some recent history though, but. You know, there it's in it's inconsistent for these WGC events. Of course, in October he finished seventh in twenty eighteen at the same tournament. So it, yeah. it it's something to consider, but um I, I like Fleetwood. I don't know how much I'm gonna get to him. Yeah, I, I understand people that don't want to play him. I'm just taking a couple shots at him here. Mm-hmm. Who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go straight back to Chalk Donkey, Xander Shoffley. Um <laughs> The putter just disappeared on Thursday and Friday, and it cost him on the weekend. That's honestly what happened. Um, he came back Saturday, Sunday, and he was roaring, ready to go. So I, I, I think he found something while he was at Riviera. And, of course, being easier here at Chapultepec, Xander's going to be a play. The only thing that's going to take me off him is if ownership just becomes obnoxious. But then again, it's a WGC event. I want exposure to these guys and my mains. So Xander might become a core play. We'll, we'll see what I do based on ownership projections on Wednesday. But right as of right now, I like having Shoffley in my lineups. 18th in 2018, 14th in 2019. Averaging finishing position is 16th. He's looking really good this year. So I, I'm going to take some pieces of Xander. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, why not? So I got no, I got no issue with that. Who else you got? Only other one, and I don't. I liked it more last week than I did this week because he just won. And it's Adam Scott. I mean, the dude's obviously on fire. He played out of his mind last week. Uh, well, he gained like it was a ridiculous amount of strokes, like almost twelve across the tournament. Yeah, it's it's insane. Tita Green, he was ten point four strokes ahead, and his approach, he's six point two, which both correlate really well here. Um, not to mention his best putting service is Poa, so that'll help. Uh, he plays great when it's an easy course. He plays excellent when it's calm or moderate winds. Uh, everything here is pointing to him having another repeat, except maybe having uh, like a hangover from winning last week. Uh, for me, I, I mean, even when I combine all his stuff in my mixed condition model, he ranks out number two when it comes to his last 50, just looking at the stats I like. He ranks number two looking at the stats I like on par 71 courses over his last 50. And he ranks seventh if I look at par 71 courses with the stats I like, and on Poa over his last 50. So all that to say, I love Adam Scott this week. I, I hate that he just won, uh, but I'm not going to let that shine me away. I'm going to play. I'm going to have a fair amount of Scott. You're getting four rounds to Adam Scott. I, I agree. It's a different kind of situation when we often say, oh, don't roster the winner from last week. But Scott could easily come in this weekend and take back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. I have a feeling that he's still going to go overlooked this week in the 9K. Yeah, that would be crazy. And I'm going to go with Bryson DeChambeau. 
In my FX model, he ranks 6th. In my weighted model, ranks 16th. In my aggregate model, ranks 20th. Now, of course, with the Shambo on Poel, you're always going to worry about the putting. But if people are looking at course history here, he only played last year and was 56th. If you look at Ooh. if you look at recent history, you know the 52nd at the Waste Management Phoenix Open is going to throw people off, even though he got a fifth last weekend at the Genesis. Like to be fair, Deshambo is playing some really really good golf. All right, last weekend he gained strokes everywhere except on the dance floor where he lost 1.59 strokes putting, but from strokes gained tee to green, 10.57 gained. Okay. Yeah. DeChambeau is solid. He's in great form right now. When you look at his DraftKings scoring, he ranks just outside the top 10 with 11th in the field. I'm sorry, 12th in the field, but he's 11th in driving distance. But on this year, this season, he's up there, man. He's hitting some bombs. Found his inner Phil Mickelson. So DeChambeau in the last last 15 rounds, 18th in greens and regulation gained, 14th in approach. I like me some Bryson DeChambeau. If I'm going to be overweight on any player, it's more than likely going to be Bryson simply because I think he's still going to be sleeping in people's models. <sighs> I'm not there yet. I can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'll be asleep. All right. 8K range. <laughs> more uh... to choose from. Less, less, more to choose, less I like. Um, Paul Casey, 8,700. I know, I know, I know, I know. He's been playing terrible. 37th, 64th, 21st, 19th, 5th. So basically have been trending downward for the last like three months. But I don't care. Um, his last three years here, he got a third last year, 12th and 18th, and 16th and 17th. Not, not that we're waiting course history heavily here, but... Last week at the Genesis, although he finished 37th, he did gain five and a half strokes to the green and 5.6 on approach. Where he dies is on the putting surface, which is Poa. So as long as he doesn't bleed himself away, which could be painful to watch for four rounds, it seems like whatever reason he likes it here, um, it plays to his advantage. Maybe the smaller greens help out a little bit. Uh, I like, I mean, in my mixed condition model for me, Paul Casey ranks out number five. Uh, which is crazy. So I will have quite a bit of Casey and hope that, you know, everyone sees him struggling and kind of goes in a different direction. I like Paul Casey too. It's only a matter of time before he turns it around. Right. And you, and you want to be on him rather than, you know, watch that ship sail and miss out on a boatload of scoring and money. Yep. I mean, you look like you mentioned, you look at his course history, 16th, 12th and third last year with an average finishing position of, 10. So uh, Casey's in play. Absolutely. Hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, go- I'm trying to go back and like, just look at his form coming into these other events. And I mean, eh, it's kind of hit and miss, but it, there's nothing to say that he struggled and then does well here, but I'm hopeful that was the case. It'll be real interesting to see what everyone else does with Paul Casey, because there's so many pivots, right? And yeah. Oh, yeah. And I wonder if his, you know, people are getting a little bit sharper. They're going to, want to play guys that played poorly and that people were on. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Paul Casey come Thursday when lineups lock. True. All right. Who you got? Who else you got? I'm going right back to Bubba Watson. Um, he missed the cut last weekend, and and I get it. People were all about him. He was the chalk donkey that missed the cut. When I saw his ownership projection on Wednesday. 
it was an easy fade, 100% fade for me when I saw that he was going to be the top-owned play. I'm like, I'm like 9,400 Bubba Watson is the highest-owned <laughs> golfer, and I had guys around him that I could easily pivot to. No, thank you. I'm not going to take Bubba Watson in that situation. Absolutely not. No, I don't blame you at all. And now priced down to 8,200, it makes more sense, especially with the HSBC event. 38th in 2017, 9th in 2018, 27th in 2019. If you get a top 10 finish from Bubba Watson and you get scoring, scoring, scoring like crazy, I'm going to love it, okay? What got, caused Bubba problem last weekend was just everything. He was spraying off the tee. He looked terrible. But the thing I like about him this week, in my aggregate model ranks 6th, and my FX model ranks 12th, and he's 9th in my overall model. In the last... 24 rounds, ranks 28th in the field in fairways and greens. Um, one thing I do have a concern, my expected birdie or better percentage. He ranks 30th in the field. So if we are looking at scoring this week, Bubba might not be the best option, but we know how hot Bubba can get when he's hitting it well. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you there. I, I was shocked to see him miss the cut, but it was a great ownership play there and just going the other way. It was such an easy call. Yeah, I, I get it. Totally. Yeah, it's too much. Too much. Way too much. So, who else you got in this range? Uh, Colin Morikawa. I haven't been on him all year. Uh, I love him as a golfer. Uh, I just haven't found a spot where I really like to put his skills to, to the test here. And I think this isn't a bad spot for him. I mean, he does well. Uh, kind of looking at par 71 courses, he grades out number six for me overall. And that's because he's first in strokes gained approach, fourth in ball striking, fourth in GIS gained, sixth in strokes gained T degree. Not the longest hitter. Um, but I think hopefully with some elevation and, and some extra ball flight, it helps him kind of hang with the big boys. Uh, his putting on Poa is usually the best, so I'll take that. Even though he has been struggling uh, over the last, really, over the last 20 rounds, he has been just either bleeding away or just barely gaining strokes in the field. So everything else, his game is just locked in. And I just think if he can get a couple good rounds of putting, that we will see Morikawa up on top of the leaderboard like we used to at the end of last year. Um, so... I'm in on Morikawa this week. I think no stress of a cut. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think he's just going to play really well this week. I like Morikawa too, but there's a lot of red flags, right? You look at his top ten finishes. He was top. He was number one. He won the Barracuda, right? A really mm-hmm. easy track. The John sure. Deere Classic, super easy track. The Century Tournament mm-hmm. of Champions. Finished seventh. That's not he easy. Finished seventh. That's not easy. It's, it's not easy, but there's 32 players in the field, right? <laughs> um, and of course, the Safeway another easy track and then you look at everything else he's in the 20s he's in the 30s you know his worst finish other than his miscut at the Safeway in 2016 would be the Northern Trust where he was 52nd so my point being is that I don't think we've seen Morikawa really challenged especially with a WGC event never being a participant in one true you could see that day where he just goes crazy right to me he seems like a showdown play like you, you, oh, you yeah, find you sure. find him when he's a bounce back candidate after he <laughs> let everybody down, and everyone's gonna be off him, and then you roster him whether it's day two, day three, or or that Sunday. That's when yep. I'm looking to roster Morikawa. I don't think I'm gonna have a lot of him in my main lineup, and that might bite me in the ass. I'm okay with that because he is such a great player and a great scorer. But I think experience here is important in terms of just the event itself, the style of it. And he could struggle with that, that concept, that idea. Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. I don't, I don't disagree. 
but I think I don't know. I just I just feel it. I feel that his skills, if he's got to put it together at some point, there's a reason he's on the tour, and this is it. This is it's happening. It's happening this week. I feel it. It's happening. All right. Next guy I want. First, next guy I want to mention is Gary Woodland at eighty three hundred. Gary Woodland kind of been in a vanishing act in DFS lately, but he ranks seventh in my weighted model, seventh in my FX model, and twenty second in my aggregate model. As most players, he struggles on POA, but I'm okay with that since he's you know, going to get four rounds. His approach game is what I'm looking at, and we love approach. In the last eight rounds, he ranks number one. In the last 24 rounds, ranks number seven in my approach model. In the last 50 rounds, ranks number five. Point being, he averages top 10 ranks in approach. I love Gary Woodland here this week to give me some DraftKings scoring. Of course, he ranks 11th in my expected birdie or better percentage. Course history here. Mixed results, 38th in 2017, 50th in 2018, 17th in 8,300. So if he does finish in those ranges, not going to pay off at $8,300. But I'm looking for scoring. I think Gary Woodland can give me some. Yep, he was my only other play in this range that I really liked. And, that, and for all those reasons you mentioned, my only concern is you know the scrambling arena where he does struggle a little bit. But I, I think he's just... He's been unheard of, like you said. I think it, this is a great spot for him. So anybody else in this range? Nope. Pass. Pass. Not really. I mean, I, nah, no. I have no one I really want to mention. No new one. How about Sergio? It's he It's he who shall not be made n- named. <laughs> uh, a guy I'm going to always come up who who's never popular, who I think is always a good pivot, would be Patrick Reed. Not going to go high in depth oh. in his stats. Like, he looked terrible last weekend. Told he you. He did make the cut, though. I don't care. Um, but. I don't fucking. I hate. I can't play him. He's your Sergio Garcia? He he is. Can't. I, Mr. Parr himself. He's a good pivot, so. All right, we're going to go down to the 7K range. It'll be. Uh, it, it is probably more, our most expansive range of players available. And this is where your lineups are going to get unique. Especially from an ownership oh. standpoint. Hell yeah! So, I'm going to start it off. You do it. Kick it off. I'm going to go with Graham McDowell. Ah, nice call. I like that. I think he's sleepy. I think he's coming in at sub-5% ownership. Hopefully everyone else is off him. He has no course history here. Helps our cause. Um, coming in in poor form with a miscut at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Our favorite tournament not <laughs> but in my fairways and greens model ranks 13th overall um in my approach model ranks 35th overall 27th in the last eight rounds and of course in my putting ranker he ranks 12th in the last eight rounds 24th in the last 20 rounds i think graham mcdowell's a solid sneaky top 10 play at the min the very low price of 7500 Dala. I don't. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I like it. I had McAllister this year, and I think he's another great spot. He's a, he's a roller coaster, man. He is, man. I I got a personal. Like I've said this before. I got a personal personal love for Graham McDowell just because how how great he was to my son when we saw him at BMW. Man. Oh, that's right. And he, that's he right. Was I remember like, that. He was awesome. He was hilarious. And my son's five. He he didn't have he didn't have a clue. Everything was going over his head in terms of the jokes and everything <laughs> like that. But Graham McDowell was just sheer enjoyment that's awesome i like that all right who else you got in this 7k range 
I'm going to go with a guy who I'm hoping comes in under the radar. I don't know if he's going to be talked up at all because he hasn't been playing since late last year. Uh, it's Tyrell Hatton. You know, he had wrist surgery in November of 2019. We haven't seen him play uh, since then. But in three years here, he has a 19th, a third, and a 10th. So somewhere he feels comfortable playing. Um, before getting wrist surgery, I mean, he was still doing okay. 14th at WGC right before he had surgery in November. A six at the CJ Cup, and then he had two rough events, and then of course we had the six at the Open, twenty first at the U.S. Open. He's a guy stringing together a bunch of top tens and top twenty fives right before he has wrist surgery, which is obviously bothering him through that time. Um, and to be priced down where he is in the seven Ks, I think this is a like it's either he's not ready and he totally bombs, but I feel like if he's showing up to this event, he's ready to play. You're getting four rounds of him, even if he struggles and his wrist starts hurting, he's gonna play. I don't think he withdraws. He'll get you the points, uh, and if he's on, he's on, and he's going to clean up and really help your lineup. And if he finishes top 20 at 72 or 7,400, whatever the heck he's at, uh, I don't even remember because I'm just going to play him because I don't care what he costs. Um, 7,400, yeah, I was right. Um, I have to. I have to play Hatton this week. You, you have to. I have to. I have to. I hate the layoff. That's my only concern. Who cares? He's been playing. It's not like there's no way he ha- he's like just picking up his clubs like fuck it. I'm gonna go play in Mexico. Well, that's not what I mean. But you're, it, it's different than like to go out and play somewhere versus like competitive golf in a golf tournament where pressure's on and, and all those other. But there's no pressure. There's no cut. There's pressure. You still want to win. No, you, you, I mean you're getting paid regardless. Just go fun. Test it out. If he's still on at 7,400, he's so underpriced, it's ridiculous. I agree. I, I just don't think he's as sneaky as you think when you look at his course history and his long-term metrics. People are going to be on him. I hope I hope not. I mean, if he's up there, I maybe I maybe lay off a little bit. But if he's like sub-10 or 8%, I'm going to be pretty happy. I bet you he's double-digit. Ah. I don't like hearing that. Because he's that type of play where everybody's going to talk about him. Yeah, but I think he's too high. I mean, a lot of everyone's going to go star, stars and scrubs here. And there's a ton of dudes in the 6Ks that are just in much better form. We'll find out. Yeah. We will find out. All right. Guy, I want to mention Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry. Mike Lowry. Shane Lowry. Lowry now plays on the European Tour. We have not seen him yet this year on the PGA Tour since the WGC HSBC, where he finished 43rd, similar to Tommy Fleetwood. But he has not played competitive golf since January 2nd, where at the Saudi International, he finished tied for 13th. Before that, on... on, Oh, no, he did play at the Dubai. My bad. He played at the Dubai and finished 2nd. Or finished tied for 11. So he has been playing competitive golf, and I am happy, excited to see Shane Lowry back on American soil. Well, Mexican soil, North American soil. So, <laughs> um, of course, nothing. No one can forget last year's win at the Open. He was coming in with rip roaring form, but he finished 62 last year. Right? Um, mm-hmm. Looked terrible. Do you remember that? But that's after he spent time yeah. at the AT&T Pro-Am and kind of struggling there. This was his first event on, a, on North American soil this year in two, 2020. I think being better prepared to play the elevation, play Poana Greens. Shane Lowry's a sneaky play. He's going to be like sub 
who knows how much ownership it's gonna be insane yeah i didn't even make my cut I, but i i like i like the way you're talking about him thank you i appreciate <laughs> that yeah 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 i'm gonna have to hit i'm gonna make a half star and see dig into that a little bit more so sun kang well we'll go to sun kang after i tell you where he ranks Shane Lowry, 15th in my aggregate mile, 18th in my overall mile. Now you can go to Sun King. Sun King, I'm playing him. I don't care. He's his, He struggles off the tee, struggles around the green. But he gains strokes tee the green, and he gains strokes on approach, and most importantly, he gains strokes putting. Those are three metrics that I'm winning extremely high this week. Yes, he has had weeks where he struggles on you know, tee the green and approach, which was at the Pro-Am. Okay, cool. I hate that course anyway. But everything else, he's been gaining strokes in all those categories since the year started. So I am playing Sun Kang this week. I'm going right back to the well. He's best putting services on POA. He's still only 7K because it hasn't had time to adjust. And he's 19th in driving distance in the field. Um, yeah, I'm in. I'm in on Sun Kang. I'll go one more time. Fair enough, fair enough. I like the call. I, I don't know if I'm going to eat it again at Sun Kang. Um, he was only one, just over 1% on last week. Oh, I know. He, he was... He was unheard of. It was a great call by you. Um, I couldn't. I, I was shocked that he was so low owned. I thought he would be four or five. I I wasn't surprised when you look at the fact that he, you you looked at all the metrics and, and what we are waiting. He did not rank out very well. I thought he, for me, he did moderately for where he's priced. Yes. I think that's it. And I think looking at that range, everyone was on RTs and, and yeah, yeah. Or I mean, Ortiz was the easy button. So, it, no, I, I I like it. I'm not gonna say don't play Sun Kane, but um, I don't know if I'm gonna go there again. I am gonna go to Kurt Kitayama. Yes, sir. I mean, absolutely finished 18th at the AT in Pebble Beach. I don't think anyone knows who he is, so just instinctively they're gonna fade him, and he's gonna be sub five percent. We're getting four rounds of Kurt Kitayama. I like the ability here to score. Um, of course, not a lot of history on him, but I like the recent form. I like my expected birdie or better on him as well. No experience here, but Kirk Kitiana fits the bill for me for someone who could score, win, not necessarily win, but top 10 and play well. So we talked about him on the Pro-Am, and you said that you were going to be off him because of ownership. Do, I can't, what was his ownership? Do you know, happen to know what his ownership was at the Pro-Am? I never went back and looked. I was still on him. I don't remember off the top of my head uh, uh no worries i just it struck me as i remember our conversation about ownership and because i was in the same impression that no one knows really who he is and he didn't do well enough to really gain any but ain gain any new followers so i'm hoping that it stays at or below where it was at the pro-am i just haven't had a chance to go back and look where the, where that fell i think i think um, what happened with kitayama at the pro-am is that i took the stance that i thought a lot of people were going to be like play this guy play this guy he's a sleeper and no one did well i hope so or or at least not enough touts did take that stance so his ownership did not blossom to what i thought it was going to be fair enough that's true yeah i gotta go back i gotta go back and relook at that because i agree with you i i love him in this spot as well but i just i don't know where he's gonna fall out all right, anyone else in this 7K range that you want to mention, you want to touch upon? I don't, I don't really No, I mean, Connor, Corey Connors, no course history here, but I kind of like how his stats look. Benny on, I'm not really comfortable with, but he's he's looks good enough to play here. 
Nobody I'm like really excited about, to be honest with you. So, I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. But a question. Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. I, I think of of the guys in this range, Scheffler would be the one that I think is just going to come out of nowhere. And, and he could outperform anybody else that we've got highlighted in this range. I'm curious if ownership will be suppressed just because everyone keeps talking about his game and how good he is, which which he is. He's a great golfer. He is. But he's 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 underpriced at 7100 for his ability. Oh, for, sure. for sure. For his ability, but you look at recent form, third at the American Express, missed the cut in back-to-back uh weeks at the Farmers and the Waste Management, and then 30th last weekend, putted horrendously. Ownership wise, at what point do you say no Scotty Scheffler for for the main slate? I think ten percent. Yeah, I think I, I think that's what I was initially because I don't really, I don't know what to do with him, but I think over ten, I think I just don't play him. I think I'm with you if he's over ten. I, I'd rather just pivot to Chucky three sticks, even though he looked terrible. Yeah. Um, so what about just real quick? I'm sorry, Molinari. I mean, he has looked f- like just terrible. But he does. He has done well here every year they play. But he, I don't know what's wrong with him. But he looks awful. Well, that's what you got to do. You got to eat the fact that he's been playing terrible. And, and Poa po is worst surface by far. Oh yeah, I mean it, absolutely. But for whatever reason, he's top twenty this thing every time. Yeah, but he's missed the cut at the Genesis, the Farmers, and the American Express. And then before that, you know, I had not played on tour except for the WGC HSBC, where he finished twenty second. And of course, there's no strokes, strokes gained data there, so so that's yeah. an issue. I don't know what's going on with Molinari, but I'll take four rounds of Molinari figuring it out. That's what I, I, I keep coming back to. Like, if he figures it out, he's so underpriced it's out of control. Except this guy used to be in the nine Ks at these events. I I can't buy the fact that you fade Molinari just because of recent form. It makes it no, makes no either. sense in a GPP format at all. Like, yeah. if you want to get conservative in your three max, yeah, fine. Don't roster Molinari. But if you do and he goes off, you might as well expect to win big money that week. Yeah. I, I keep going. He's just like so, his stats just look so good compared to everyone in this range and below. It, it's unreal. And I'm like, man, what, why? He's just so bad on POA, though. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's Terrible. over a half stroke lost. I don't think I've ever seen a player so poor putting on that surface. Unless Keegan Bradley, but I mean, I'm a good golfer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, this this seven K range is loaded with with actually these type of guys. Like, do you go back to him? You know, similar to like Jason Kokrak. I'm not gonna do mm-hmm. the Kokrak move just because of PXG. Um, oh. I I think there's a narrative to that. I I believe in that narrative, and I know people are gonna go, well, like, what about Joel Dahman? Okay, fine, Joel Dahman figured something out <laughs> for a tournament. But, uh, you know, Kokrak kind of fits that bill. We'll talk to him in a little bit. But being a no-cut event, we got to switch the order of the show up just a tad. We're going to go to that 6K range now. Mm-hmm. And being that all these players make the cut, we need a monster. Mm-hmm. Just a monster. Mm-hmm. No guarantee because every 6K player you call is a guarantee to make the cut. Does not count for our record, which, by the way, we're tied, boys and girls. Caught up. Five for 13. I was one stroke away from being in the league. You were. One stroke. I was Cameron Tringale away from being in the league. 
All right, who you got? My monster this week, and it almost feels like a cheat code because I he's just I don't I don't understand. We got wait, well, we got to change the rules. <laughs> whoa, 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 why? whoa, whoa! Wait, why? Why? Because it's a HSBC event. You've got a limited field, and we're gonna go top twenty-five with a six-k guy. Yep. We gotta change it. <sighs> you know we got. You know that's not fair because I know exactly where you're going, and I could have done the same thing. <laughs> no, because I go first, right? Because that's what happened to me the, the other week. <laughs> yeah, but I put it fine. What do you want to do? Top fifteen. I feel like top 15 feels about right. I, I feel like top 15 feels fair for this event. All right. I'm a little less confident now, but I'm still going with him. Um, so for me, it's Ryan Fox at 6,400. I just, I just don't understand. I don't understand his pricing. I mean, he, he's coming off a second back in early February. Uh, I just, I don't I don't know. I don't understand how he's priced at 6400 The dude has just got the potential to win this thing. Um, his, his, his info... No, his info. I'm sorry. I am like so... I'm still in shock at this pricing model. His stats don't line up that great when you look at the modeling. It's because he doesn't have a lot of PGA Tour data. But his Euro the results speak for themselves. I mean, the guy is phenomenal. Um, he's played here once. He got 67th last year. So, okay, whatever. Uh, but I just think he's coming in in great form, and he has a shot to easily top 15 this thing and take down the uh, the monster. So that's what I'm going with this week. I've got some other 6K guys, but I think that Fox has the, the highest ceiling of them all. That's a bold call, friend. That's a bold call, Cotton. I'm taking it. I have not seen Ryan Fox since the Open because he is a European Tour player. Historically, he is brutal on Poa, losing almost a stroke putting on this surface. Okay. So it's okay. So that is something to consider as well. My monster for the week is I'm gonna butcher this. Is Jazz Jinwatananon. Ah, it's been a while since I played him. I know. They know the young player guy is has some solid metrics when you weigh him here on PGA Tour. 22nd overall compared to the field in my overall model. 24th in my aggregate model. In my putting model, he ranks 15th. In my approach, 23rd. And in my fairways and green, 42nd. Uh, driving distance is something that I'm really highly factoring this week. And he does not qualify yet this season for driving distance. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to pan out. But what he does qualify is approach metrics. In the last eight rounds of my approach ranking, he ranks 26th overall in the last eight rounds, and then 30th in the last 100. Now, I know that's only halfway decent in this field, being that there's like 73, 74 golfers, but I like Jazzy here to be my top 15 monster. Get me back on track. 6,700, man. 6,700. I'm excited. That's a good call. I, I'm excited to see. I, I think the last time I played him was at the CJ Cup, maybe. When the hell is it? I can't remember the last time he played, but I had him in, I had him in my uh, my lineup a couple of times. So he did play at the WGC HSBC, where he finished in 14th place, 57th at the Zozo, 65th That's at the CJ Cup. Has a lot of experience putting on POA, and he's an excellent POA putter as he gains 1.676 strokes on this particular surface. Come on, JS. I like that. All right, who else in the 6K range do you have any interest in? 
Um, or go back to the well, Ortiz, Glover, uh, and then two guys that I'll throw out that I think are kind of like dart throws that I don't think will ha- or garner any ownership is Zach Murray, uh, coming off a decent uh, sixth place and a third place at Abu Dhabi. Um, historically, usually finishes in the 30th over on the Euro Tour uh, or in the mid-20s. I think he's got a shot to, to do some do some damage this week. And then, if you're going to butcher a name, I'm going to butcher a name. Christian Bezudin Hout from South Africa, I think, is another interesting play. Uh, he's been playing well. Uh, just won the Dimension Data Pro-Am a couple weeks ago. Or last week, sorry. Uh, and then he came off uh, 21st at the Saudi International. And he got second back in late January at the Omega Dubai Desert Classic. Um, so he's in great form. He's racking up some cash. He's almost, you know, 400-something pounds of winnings in the last month. So, I mean, the guy's coming in with confidence, and you never know. Guys like that could easily show up and put up tw- top 15, top 20. Uh, so those guys, I, I think, will have no ownership. And those are the three, the three or four that I'll probably have some exposure to. How about you? Uh, last guy I want to mention is Sebastian Munoz. Yeah. Um, so far this season, he's been pretty solid. Wakes 14th overall in my FX model. Obviously, that's qualified stats for just this particular season alone. Um, Long term, though, does not really match the field in terms of his ability, but his recent form is what kind of interests me. He finished 26th last weekend and then 47th at the Waste Management. Missed a cut at the Farmers, but then 21st at the American Express. So he's got an average finishing position of 30, 31. And so that's three of five made cuts. Obviously, a no-cut event. It's a little kind of different of a scenario here. But um, that's something that interests me. Plus, he's 34th in the field in driving distance. Um, the one thing that does concern me is the lack of DraftKings scoring. Um, if he, yeah, it, if, 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 if it's a big red flag if he's unable to score in terms of DK scoring, especially in the last, like, 50 rounds, he's, he's brutal. So, I mean, he does come with a lot of risk. It's more of a flyer-type play. Um, but then, um, if I am going to look at DraftKings scoring, I'm going to look at guys like Matt Wallace. Mm. Matt Wallace, who, who we know can score, but we know can just crap the bed. Everyone's going to go back to Van Ruyen again. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. going to go back to Lee Westwood. And, and these are common names you see on tour, so it's not going to be a surprise. But, um, you know, I, I think they're all viable candidates. Yeah, I like that. It's a, it's a great. I love I love the six K range. I love it. It's great. Well, yeah. I mean, you can you can really attack it, especially if you know like Michael Lorenzo Vera. You know he he is decent middle of the pack type of play, especially in the last mm-hmm. fifty rounds. He's only sixty four hundred. If you're going with those stars and scrubs, he he's an an option. I mean, in the last fifty rounds, he's got he's got more DraftKings. He's got a better rank at DraftKings scoring than than Sanjay M and Shane Lowry. So. Yes, sir. You're right. There's a lot to pick from here, especially being a WGC Hello? event. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this takes us to our signature segment, the only podcast who's going to tell you not to play who not to roster, can't do it, won't do it. Cut line going to bring it down for you. All right, you kick it off this week. Who's your top can't 
do it. Oh, I'm gonna go crazy. Webb Simpson. I cannot play Webb Simpson this week. I think the nuts busted. He won the waste management, third at Sony Open, tenth at the Hero, second at the RSM, seventh at the Shriners. Dude's on fucking fire. Great. Fantastic. It, the ride is over. The guy who killed me when I went almost all in on him long ago, I'm back on the don't play him train. He has only played here twice. He has a 39th and a 37th. I think we're going to see him fall right back into that. He'll get maybe, I'll give him top 20 he's playing pretty well. Um, but that's not going to do it for a guy who's priced at 9,800. Uh, statistically, looking at his last 36 rounds, he struggles pretty much when you compare it to the other top 10 golfers in the field. Uh, his ball striking is not really the greatest. He's 31st in JRS game. And he's 58th in driving distance. We know we're waiting driving distance heavy here. I know that the elevation helps. Uh, but I want nothing to do with Webb Simpson this week. I'm sorry. Uh, I get it. He's playing phenomenal. Coming in a great course. In great form. But no thanks. For 9,800 and 20% ownership he's going to garner. Can't do it. I won't do it. I, 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 I'm not with you on this one. That's okay. I, I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, he can't continue this. He can't do this. And they're not going to roster him. And Webb Simpson is going to be going under-owned. The fact is, man, he gains like 0.3 strokes putting on POA. He's arguably the best approach player in the field. Like, he's insanely good. No. I'm not going to fade him. I will give you that he is one of the best approach players in the field. But everything else I disagree. All right. Well, Mike can't do it. Whenever he's in the field, always starts with this man, and that is Sergio Garcia. But I don't really need to say much about him. My first can't do it is going to be Dustin Johnson. Oh. And this is simply based on the fact that I believe his ownership is going to be obnoxiously large. Now, if on Wednesday I notice that, you know, he's still in the teens and he's fighting for ownership, jockeying for position amongst these other top-tier golfers, yeah, he's back in play. But if Dustin Johnson is above... 24% ownership. Like, if he's just going crazy, I am not going to roster him. I'm not going to eat that chalk when there are just pivots around him that are more, that are better options, especially when you're leveraging the field in the GPP. So, if, and here's the caveat, and I can't do it, if DJ is just insanely owned, I'm not going to roster him. Can't do it. Won't do it. The putter is not the same thing it used to be when DJ owned the PGA Tour. Can't do it. Can't agree with you. I will take the opposite end. That's fine. That's alright. So the next one, for me, and I don't care, I told you all to stop playing him, and yet you all, hopefully not you all, chased his ownership, and it's Jordan Speed. Yes, I get it. Okay, cool. He was ninth at the AT&T program, and now his ownership is starting to creep back up, where everyone's like, oh, Jordan Speed is back. Guess what? He's not. He's not coming back. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. His, his, historically, he's not played well here. Maybe in 2017, he got a 12. Congratulations. Uh, I don't care. He's only in the 8Ks. He's 8K even. Yeah, just His ownership shouldn't be 6 to 10%. It should be 2, maybe 3 for people who are playing him based off name alone. And he should be priced around 7,100. He's awful. I'm not playing him. You shouldn't either. Can't do it. Nice call. I'm going to go to Abraham Answer. 
I think everyone's going to see the price drop and think that he's a lock to play, especially because he's playing in Mexico. But the fact is, we've seen the fact that you know we've seen players struggle in their home state. Look at Jordan Speed struggling in his tournaments. Um, you know, the list is long and distinguished. But 39th in 2019, 52nd in 2018. I was on answer last weekend where he finished 43rd. It was a very big disappointment. I thought I was getting some leverage and an edge. And this this fade has nothing to do with it. I just think he's just going to get a lot of love this weekend, and, and it's kind of unnecessary. So can't do it. Can't do answer this weekend. Yep. Concur. I really don't have another one, but I'm going to throw one out there, and it's RCB. Uh, I just can't play him. He's too up and down for me. He's missing the cut every other week, and I know there's no cut this week, and I know when he's on, he's on. Um, but... I don't know. His approach game has not been the greatest. Even though he finished 17th last week, he still didn't gain strokes on approach. Uh, so, for me, there's just I, I just can't find a reason to roster him. Uh, so, I can't do it. I'm not playing RCB. I'm off. So, the last guy that I want to mention, because I like that RCB call, is Matt Kuchar. I think his finish last week is really going to promote his popularity this weekend especially finishing in second place. He just doesn't fit this course. This is a bomber's course, and Kuchar doesn't have that in his game. So it's not like that this course is going to be shortened for him significantly. When you compare it to someone like DJ or Johnny Rahm or Rory or any of those top guys. So he doesn't fit the mold, and I'm, I just can't do it. I'm not going to have Kuchar. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. So that's it. It's over. It's all over the cut lines. Breakdown in the WGC Mexico Championship. Join us next week as we go to the Honda Classic. Honda Classic. DFS champions tournament as well next week next year we'll be there zach great show today you did awesome want to do a special shout out and thank you to fanshare yes. sports pga and fantasy national go get those wins boys later